The Light Breakfast with Asha and Nan, brought to you by Maybank. Our wonderful guest today on Monday Motivators is the goat of squash and considered one of the world's finest sportsmen. It's Jahangir Khan. Khan, we know you as one of the greatest squash players of all time. Um, but how did your journey in squash begin? Well, obviously, uh, I started uh, playing squash when I was uh, eight or ten, and uh, obviously, uh, it's uh, it's my family game. My father was world champion in 1957, and uh, uh, in among family, you can say that uh, we they have won 30 years British Open. So it started way back from uh, 50s. and then uh, obviously when i grew up i saw watching all of them and uh, seeing their all the achievements and all kind of stuff so you can say it's like was uh, like a family business you can say playing <laughs> squash so <laughs> that's how i got into squash and uh, i think the 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 best uh, opportunity i had was like obviously getting the good coaching motivations and then uh, by seeing them learning a lot from them as well so i think that was a uh, advantage was there but i had some problem physically problem in the beginning like uh, i was born with the uh, hernia problem and then i was uh, uh, like you can say i was physically very weak mm-hmm. and i was not allowed to play squash as well and then uh, that was uh, told by my doctor to my father that I, we know that everyone plays in the family but this boy won't be able to make it in squash so try to put him some other like you know maybe into the education or something else right but my passion was there and uh, as i said you know i was watching all the elders playing squash and i just wanted to do the same thing so uh, i had two operations when i was 5 and 12 and uh, after that i think i never looked back Wow. So how old were you when you first held a squash racket in your hand properly uh, uh, i remember going to club as i think i was 8 years old and uh, my father gave me a I made a special racket for me like a sh- made a short racket mm-hmm. to carry and gave me one ball as well to play with any uh, like you know plain ball in the in the home or in the club or anywhere like that so it was like a my toy for me and uh, uh going to a club at uh, 8 years old i can remember that you mentioned about uh having uh, some medical conditions and i know that uh, the doctor in fact actually told you that or your parents that you must stay away from a squash court yeah is that right well that's right yeah i mean i was not allowed to go to the club but i remember i made a request to my elder brother i was very close to him and uh, i told him look uh, i never seen the squash court in real and i want to see the club and squash court as well like that so he asked my father to got the permission but uh, he made me promise that uh, he won't be going in the squash court inside you can just only watch <laughs> so I said, yeah, no problem. I'll do that. But uh, you know, when you go there, literally, obviously, everything got changed. And then I was uh, hitting by myself in the court, and then uh, playing with the members as well, by slowly, slowly. And then uh, my father found out that I'm playing, <laughs> and uh, mm. and he saw that uh, I was talented, and uh, he asked me that physically, if you have any problems or you have any pain or anything. Mm-hmm. I, even if, even though I had it, I just denied it. You know, I just no, I, I don't feel anything like that. So uh and he said to me yeah, you look good in the, in the squash court and you are talented and I'm sure you can do something. Mm. So and then I said you know like I had operations uh, two operations there so uh, after the second one I was physically uh, getting stronger and then uh, I was playing the juniors as well. 
and I became the uh, Pakistan Junior Champion when I was only 14. So mm-hmm. in four years, my progress was totally different, and I was playing in the uh, World Juniors and and uh, traveling to uh, different places as well to play the tournaments. Mm. So then that's how it started. Yeah. So would you consider that to be your biggest obstacle that you had to overcome? Well, uh, well, obviously, uh, getting into the, uh, the the junior level, obviously, it was the beginning. And uh, I never thought that I'll start so early and uh, achieving all uh, very soon as well. Uh, when I became the World Amateur Champion when I was 15, and by uh, upsetting everyone in the tournament and... Uh, <laughs> So I think that was like a more turning point from there. And uh, and the second thing was I was living in England uh, at that time with my brother, Thorsum, and uh, he was playing already uh, professional soccer at that time. And uh, my aim was to uh, to continue my study and play squash as well at the same time, but not as, uh, I mean, like a uh, professional level very soon. Mm. But unfortunately, uh, after six months, my brother died on while he was playing the Australian Open uh, second round he had a heart attack and mm-hmm. he died in the court and that was mm-hmm. his dream to see me as a world number one world champion and uh, first I thought you know that I will never play again I just gave up everything and then my father persuaded me like you know like uh, convinced me like look uh, whatever has happened it's happened uh, there but uh, that was his dream he wanted to see, wanted to see you at number one. He wanted to see you as a world champion. So why don't you take his dream? And I think that's uh, uh, just, I, and then I just, just decided that day that okay, I'll do his dream. And mm-hmm. uh, I left everything. Uh, I started doing my heart training, and I used to do like uh, uh, eight hours daily routine training. And I promised that uh, at that time that I will uh, achieve these things in two years time. I did. Did you feel a great weight when you agreed to do your brother's dream? I mean, it's taking on a very heavy burden in one way. Well, it was a big challenge, and uh, a lot of people thought, you know, I'm going crazy you know, because at <laughs> uh, this age, and you're thinking about uh, playing in the top professional level and uh, beating all the top guys. It's not that not going to be so easy that way. And uh, but I took a challenge, and uh, I always. T- uh, I feel that uh, once uh, you have the vision there, you are, uh, and if you're getting the motivations from something like a behind the power or something like that, I think one can do it if you are uh, willing to do it. And uh, mm. I tested myself, and uh, I could see that you know I was uh, improving uh, by day and day, and then uh, in one year's time, I was already playing the professional circuit. But my aim was to become world champion, so that was there, and. Uh, as I said, you know, like uh, I knew that uh, I was putting every day eight hours daily routine uh, training there and my focus, my discipline was there and I left it everything. So uh, I knew that I could do it and I I took it as a challenge, a challenge there and uh, made everyone wrong there that I can't do it. And I became world champion one of 17 and beating the guys like... Uh, I used to admire their achievement. I used to uh, idolize them as that that time, and one day I was playing final against them. <laughs> wow! Mm-hmm. Incredible. There's something that I should have to share with uh, Asha about uh, the achievements of of uh, Mr. Jahangir Khan. This was at a time when they were still the British scoring, and you could only score a point if you had serve, right. and the games could go on for hours and hours. Yeah. 
And uh, Mr. Khan is renowned for having one of the toughest training regimes that most other professionals at the time couldn't keep up with. Um, so because of that, you went on to have an unbeaten run of 555 matches. This spanned uh, five years and eight months. Now, as the numbers kept going up, like in the middle of that, you know, you, you reached 200 matches, you reached 400 matches. How did you deal with the pressure? Well, to be honest, uh, I, I never meant to make some something like this, you know, make a record like this as well. But uh, as I said, you know, like uh, my uh, determination was there, my uh, uh, my commitment was there, and uh, I never looked it back. You know, like uh, when I was doing training, I always tried to put that training into the matches, and uh, I never really cared about losing or winning as long as I could uh, perform well, I could put everything in there. And I think that's, uh, that, that, that was the key you know, was giving me the in positive way and uh, when I looked it back it was 555 matches and uh, <laughs> I never realized it but uh, I mean I knew that one day it's going to happen that I lose it as well but uh, uh, I think uh, it's uh, when I look it back now it's really uh, something different for me I never realized it that how much was hard and how much pressure was and uh, but I never felt it to be honest because you were just so focused hmm. looking forward rather than than backwards right yes of course i mean i mean when you're doing at this level you obviously need to be more uh, focused with more commitments and then uh, discipline life and uh, uh whatever you have to do you are doing there so uh, i think that's the main thing and then obviously the key was to turn into uh, all in positive way and uh, i always believed in that hmm. i want to ask you about sort of the time just after you retired did you fall out of love with squash did you stay in love with it like what was your well, relationship like with the sport then well i still feel love for this game you know and uh i left it very early i mean i started very early i left it uh, when i was 28 and i think i could have played another few years as well but i that was my dream to go out at the top level and uh that's what I did, and uh, I remember playing my last match. It was '93 uh, and played the World Open World Championship final. So that was my key at that time. And uh, I, I, uh, when I looked at it back at that time, you know, I thought uh, nothing left for me to do anything more, and there was no, no more like you know, uh, designers there. And uh, and when you are not 100%, I think it's better to just div- uh, divide the other way. But uh, I, I always came back, uh, not as a player, but uh, always uh, as an administration, you can call it, and uh, got involved with the World Squash Federation mm-hmm. as a vice president in 98 and then uh, became the president in 2002. Uh, did my three tenure there, and then I'm still the Emirates president uh, till uh, 2024. And... Uh, uh, in this capacity, I mean, like, obviously, being a uh, champions and then uh, being uh, uh, more official in the world squash, I'm still traveling with the squash, uh, uh, like, for the matches. I do sometimes private coaching as well. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, try to, I mean, I always uh, help the game as much as I can, but I I still feel that squash need to be more grow. And, uh, oh, okay. uh, and uh, I feel that the, this game need to be in the Olympics as well, and uh, it's it's a shame, you know. I mean, I I uh, felt it. We never played it the way the game we wanted to play, but uh, 
I feel that the, the future generation should get into it. Mm. Mm-hmm. Now, you're obviously world famous. I, I think there's no squash court in the world that you can go to without somebody recognizing who you are. But as you were coming up in the ranks and as you started to become a national hero, what was it like living under public scrutiny that everybody was watching your every move? Well, I still get the, uh, I mean, uh, the amount of respect and the amount of uh, fans club, you can call it, in Pakistan. I, it's not easy for me to move around. Although I retired in 93, as I said, you know, more than three decades. But people still remember and uh, I think uh, it's more you can see on the social media now which really helps a lot to revive again and again. And now people appreciate what sort of achievement uh, I have received at that time. And uh, obviously not only for the squash, it's for the country as well. And uh, now when you see no one is there at the at that level, so they really appreciate more in that way. And uh, uh, as you can see, I've got the, most of the awards in Pakistan as well, like um, being on the post-sex stamps as well in the country mm-hmm. and not only in Pakistan, I've been uh, awarded in uh, Japan as well. And then mm-hmm. uh, gave, uh, got the uh, few uh, different medals from the different countries as well. So obviously this kind of stuff always uh, remains as you as you want it to be. And uh, I still feel I'm very, uh, very much blessed, you know, like uh, I never thought that I'll be still around like that, but uh, people really admire these things and I really appreciate that. Mm. You know, for everything you've done in the sport, if you could sum up the most important practices from all of your whole experience that could be applied in everyday life for anyone, actually, as as a piece of wisdom, what what would that be? Well, I think uh, is, uh, I believe that every person is born with a world champion's quality and. Uh, I never considered this that no one can do it. Everyone can do it, but depends uh, what sort of commitment you have and what designers you have, what vision you have. And if you have all these kind of uh, all together, the only thing is uh, there is no shortcut. You have to work hard in that. And and obviously, uh, if you're putting enough time there and uh, with more focus, uh, I believe you can achieve all the results. Thank you. I love that. There yeah. is no shortcut. I just love that. Yeah. <laughs> it is. I mean, obviously, in these days, I see a lot of uh, youngsters, you know, they they want to achieve everything, but they don't want to do go through that pain barrier at all to the hard work. And uh, they just want to get everything overnight. But it's not possible. Obviously, you have to put more time there to get more perfection there. And this is how you can achieve everything. Um, could you talk a little bit about the importance of having a good team behind you? Sorry, I didn't get it. Um, could you could you tell us a little bit about how important it is to have a good team? I mean, you, you were unusual in the sense that you had a family that was behind you with a long history. Yeah. So for other professional players, you know, how important is it to have a good support team? Well, I think it's uh, uh, obviously uh, be, uh, being uh, getting a support from the family and then obviously the motivations when you get from the others, it's, it really helps you a lot as well. And uh, uh, I think in that way, I was more lucky. Uh, like as I said, you know, I was born in the um, squash family and uh, whatever question I had, I could have asked my father or, or I could have asked my brother there. 
and uh, it was not difficult for me and but uh, as i said you know like uh, uh, i i can see that lot of people or lot of families you know like uh, sometimes they not really putting that much effort to uh, support their kids or uh, to help them that way but i i would say that every talent is different in the world and uh, it no matter either you doing good in study or you doing good in sports or whatever ability you have i think one need to encourage in that way and uh, this is very important if you get good support from the elders or from the family from the parents it helps a lot to the kids as well because they get more motivated and they're more focused on that because when they are getting good support from them and i think it's uh, make it more easier for them okay thank you uh, so now i have a, a whole bunch of uh, f- squash fanboy questions for you okay um what to your mind is the most memorable match in your career well actually i had many uh, top matches uh, against different uh, rivals or different opponent you can say uh, first of all was the uh, my first year uh, by winning the world championship uh, beating jeff hunt who was my uh, like you can say hero and uh, he was uh, uh, champion for many years and uh, i never thought that i could beat him there as well and i think that was the first uh, my achievement and uh, obviously that was my dream as well to become world champion so that i remember in 1981 uh, by winning it at the age of 17 and then of course uh, playing against uh, like rodney martin ross norman chris tetmar john sheer and especially winning the uh, ten british open in a row i think that was mm-hmm. uh, my uh, I can say that that was my uh, uh, number one tournament in the world as you can see the whole the history of squash like uh, you have in tennis Wimbledon there so british open winning is like it was like something very special for every player and uh, whoever want to i mean whoever was playing in the circuit they always dream to play in it or to win it so that was my dream as well and i never thought that i'll break all the record there but uh, at, when i started in 82 winning it i lost it in 81 in the final against Jeff Hunt but in 82 when i started uh it looked really um, uh many years to go ahead uh by breaking his record he was holding for 8 years and uh i thought i can if i can make it few years there then probably i can do it and uh, i never thought i'll do it in 10 in, in a row but i think i think way less <laughs> with that you know and i was more focused for that tournament especially because i used to come for that tournament with the special uh, preparation and uh, I was more focused there and never used to care about the other tournament but with this tournament I was always uh, more than 100% right now you mentioned a lot of great names uh, before Ronnie Martin Christine Ma Jansher and uh, Jansher is sort of renowned for being the kind of player who can wear you down and you of course are incredibly fit so i have a question about rodney martin so he sort of changed the game a little bit because he was a bit of a shot maker um how did you adjust your game against somebody like him well rodney was a more unpredictable uh, player you know because uh, uh, one day he could be very uh, strong and uh, with a high standard and one day he could be very low as well but you never knew this guy you know how he would react in the match but he was always difficult to play and because uh, he has uh, something like uh, he had nothing to lose there but he was just uh, he went there and he was putting everything like into uh, shorts games and uh, attacking as well 
and uh, where we we were myself or Jansev we used to hold on on him with the fitness side and mental side and then of course uh, same time with the speed as well but i think uh, the most memorable matches against him was always like a tough match it was not like um, winning in three or, or four games it was like mm-hmm. sometimes four game five game as well but it was physically mm-hmm. really uh, hard games yeah. mm-hmm. to your mind currently who has the best coaches or the best coaching program set up in the world at the moment to be honest i'm not been falling in that side uh, coaching but i think everyone is having a uh, like more commercials uh, coaching uh, uh, facilities uh, mostly happening in in america or europe at the moment but uh, i think it's it's, it's all depend how you uh, give the coaching how you have the mental there or how you train them that's the miss, most important thing in that and uh, the person should know about it the 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 other side of the players as well I have a question from a, a friend of mine who is a former PSA player. Mm-hmm. So he wants to know under pressure at the front do you recommend counter drop or lob? It depends what position you are in actually if you are <laughs> if you are in good balance or uh, you think uh, you can pass the ball you can play the drop shot or if you can uh, if you think you are physically not in uh, position to return back to the T position then obviously safer is play to lob. Thank you. You mentioned the Olympics a little earlier. Yeah. What do you think it's going to take to get squash into the Olympics considering that we've tried many many times and still not gotten in? Well, I think it doesn't need anything really. I mean the the criteria, the rules, regulation, we cover everything and uh, as I said you know like the technically or uh, the facilities wise we are far more ahead with the uh, with the squash court now and uh, as you can see before it was difficult to watch on television now use uh, the technologies of cameras and uh, following is something different and i'm i don't know what's the reason it's not there and uh, uh, when you see you cover all the continents uh, you have 185 or more than 185 countries playing in it as a official members uh, covers more than 20 million people play every day and then the squash known by all i mean if you go anywhere in the world you will find the facilities there people will know about the game and i think this is all about the olympics and uh, i think when you cover all these things and some of the games all are already in olympic which you never hear them but uh, squash has a proper uh, professional circuit we have the all the facilities and when you are already core sports of uh, commonwealth game pan american game asian games um world games all games you have in the world you already are in there except the olympic so i to be honest i don't understand that but uh, we will never give up uh, we will be, be we will be there yeah as just to give you a bit of background we've had a world champion from every continent well it is i mean uh, you can see like uh, uh, it's been covered by the uh, european covered by the americans uh, australia new zealand egypt Africa, uh, Asia, you name it, you have everything there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Can you give me an idea of what kind of conversations you have during uh, matches in between games with your 90 second break? So when I play, mm-hmm. I have a friend who will tell me, you know, your opponent is not doing this or, you know, every time you do a straight drive, he doesn't have a straight drop. I'd like to know a little bit of the kind of coaching that you received from your team. 
Well, obviously, you have to see, you know, during the match, you have to see the, all the weakness and uh, obviously the physical side, the mental side, and then obviously the strong point, weak point. So, you obviously, you follow all these things. But in professional level, it's very uh, less margin in that. Obviously, you, when you're playing at the professional level, so obviously, all the players are in the, up to the uh, strong uh, position in every um, uh, part, you can say. Uh, some, of, some of them may be physically not strong or mentally not strong, but uh, obviously it takes time with that. But obviously you have to watch during the match what sort of weakness he has, what sort of movement he has, what sort of uh, strong point he has. So you have to follow all this and then obviously uh, the guidance you get it during the break. This is how you have to follow on that. Now, Egypt is doing what you have done for Pakistan for many years. Now, they're, they're quite amazing at the moment. They have something like, I don't know, 15 players in the top 20. Do you see Egypt lasting for another 10 years as a power? Or do you see another country slowly coming up? Well, I think uh, when you're dominating in, uh, or, uh, in all categories there, like especially like in juniors or women's or men's, I think when you're covering all the... Uh, uh, different levels so obviously that's the main key to for the success and uh, this is uh, not just started like this and they've been doing for the last 20 years and they were already uh, much before uh, Pakistan as well uh, in like in four, 1940s or 50s they were dominating at that time but I think right now obviously the they have more uh, better programs and uh, the youngsters especially that junior level they participate more into uh, 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 junior tournaments and then obviously the encouragement they get from the parents, from the sponsor, from the government. When you achieve all these things, then obviously um, uh, then you, they need to just to deliver that way. And I think with the talent, they're doing that way uh, much better. Uh, women never used to be there, but now you see they are world champion in women's and, and especially uh, junior mm -hmm. level as well. So it's everything has changed, but uh, every country has uh, something to come up, and uh, obviously they have to follow all these things which you needed. Now Pakistan ended up dominating squash at a very specific period in time. Suddenly during my time, what set you and your countrymen apart from the rest of the world at the time? Well, uh, obviously it was not. Uh, uh, we didn't had any proper. proper proper uh, program there but it was only just in one family and uh, as I said you know like uh, I used to get all the facilities from my father and uh, never like uh, getting a support from the government side or anything like that or you can say we had any academies there uh, but I think it's, uh, uh, it's more to do with the talent as well and then uh, obviously uh, when you have this whole background of uh, support then obviously it makes a lot different there but I think um, uh, as you can see now in these days, uh, we also have so many members uh, uh, at the junior level uh, they're playing, but the commitment is not there. Obviously, you have to, as I said, you know, like it doesn't matter whether you come from the Han family or from other family, but still you have to go through all the um, procedure. And this is what you need. And uh, this is why uh, we lost all these things because the youngsters don't believe in that way like we were doing it. So. As I said, without that, it's not possible. And uh, obviously, you need a more commitment there, then obviously with more discipline, and then obviously uh, uh, the desire and the vision should be there, how you want to be. Um, I have a very technical question here from a friend who also plays squash. Mm -hmm. What goes through your mind 
when you know that you have to control the pace of a match, what do you do to to change the pace of a match? Well, obviously, uh, it's, it's you, you have to see your own uh, side, how strong you are in that way. Like some people like to play fast games, some people like to play medium pace, some play slow. And then uh, obviously you have to adjust to according to that way. But I believe that uh, all the top players or all the, the quality of the players, they should cover everything in there. Because if you adjust, you can adjust into the speed, you can do that way. If you can't, then you have to bring down the median level or slow level. So it has to be, uh, it depends on your uh, ability, to be honest. Okay. Now, very famously, it, it seems that you suggested to Nicole to change her technique by holding uh, a bit higher grip. Uh, what was your thinking behind that? I think I found that uh, when I was watching her uh, few matches, uh, I could see that uh, the physically she was very good. Uh, the movement was excellent in the court. She was much lighter um, with the, all the other women playing in the circuit. And uh, I found it was she was uh, lacking with the con ball control there and. Uh, I could see that the, mm. the racket was not or really uh, uh, like in, in hand, you know, properly holding or uh, the controlling the ball way. But I think with uh, holding the higher um, grip, I think it gives more control. You get more uh, uh, short swing and then obviously get uh, more control and uh, play short more easily that way. And obviously that's how I was doing it. I... I explained to her that look, I was doing before like that. Then I changed it to it, and it improved my more attacking. Thank you for that, uh, Ash. I just give you a bit of background on that. Um, it was noticed actually during one of Nicole's matches that she had changed did, grip, did, and did, did everyone she tell you that. Or that? <laughs> no, actually, it was um, Jonathan Power who pointed it out. Yeah, and it was because it was a match, and he was commentating. They were watching, and everybody yeah. noticed. And then Jonathan Power pointed it out that he had uh, that you had told Nicole. So it's it's something that's kind of a big deal in squash. Yeah. Um, well, just one final question for me, and um, this one we probably won't go to air. This is just a personal question for me. I'd like to ask you, Mister Khan, what is your personal opinion of Mustafa Asal? Well, he's uh, he's uh, more hungry now, and he's a strong player, physically strong. But I think uh, he need uh, still need to uh, get through uh, because there's, uh, it's not going to be easy. And uh, as I said, you know, like if you're trying to take somebody's sp uh, number one spot, it just doesn't come out uh, come out like that. You know, obviously you have to earn it. And uh, he's talented, but obviously he has to go through a lot of hard work. Do you feel that? Um, do you have a personal opinion about the, his conduct on court? Well, this uh, every player has uh, some kind of uh, you know like attitude there in the court. But I I believe this uh, how you feel it. And that's the main thing. Uh, some people like to talk. Some people like shout things. And some people uh, like I've seen they they don't even argue with the referee. They just play quietly. They just want to be more focused. Like I used to do it. I I, I never wanted to get divided into. Yeah, different things, you know, like with arguing the players or pushing the players or anything like that. I just wanted to focus on my uh, uh, technique and uh, what I was doing in the court. 
And this, uh, some players, they have a different habit. They like to talk, they want to push or whatever it is. That's how they keep continuing in the match. Um, I know, I'm so sorry. I did say that it was going to be the last game, but I just have one more. Looking at the current players in the top, let's say top five, who do you think is most likely to follow in your footsteps in terms of dominance? Well, it's uh, it's really hard to say at the moment, but uh, uh, among you can say like uh, Ali Frog and uh, Paul Cole and uh, uh, Shobagi is there. So obviously, it's between these three, four players, you know, who always um, get the more domination there. But uh, uh, it's not easy to say because uh, the performance has to continue that way uh, all the time. But uh, sometimes I see. They taking up and sometimes they go down as well. So uh, it's uh, I know it's a pressure there. It's a lot of hard work there, and you have to be more focused. But uh, uh, I can say that in these three, three, four players, you can see all the time uh, playing in the finals and semi-finals. Wonderful. Thank you so much, Mr. Okay. Khan. Thank you.